Hey, thanks for queuing up the podcast. Before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to make you aware of three music marketing resources with an emphasis on one in particular. There's a good chance you're already familiar with my flagship title called the Gorilla Music Marketing Handbook and perhaps even the 5-Minute Music Marketer. Both of those titles are well worth your time, but I want to make you aware of another title that doesn't quite get the attention as those two do. And that one is called The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing. I'm really proud of this book, and I think you would get a lot out of it. And basically what it covers is what I consider to be nine timeless principles of music marketing. So regardless of the new website, app, or tool, because they're always changing, as you know, these are principles you can apply no matter what. They're timeless. They tap into that eternal connection that people have with music and with music makers. So I think you would get a lot out of this book. It's available on Amazon in at least a dozen countries in both paperback and ebook formats. So go check it out. The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing. And now, enjoy the episode. So recently, my friend and colleague, Laurel Clark, reached out to me and expressed an interest in doing an interview about my new book called The Power of Affirmations and Positive Self-Talk. Of course, I said yes. And since we didn't really talk about Laurel that much during the interview, I just wanted to let you know a little bit about her. She describes herself as a dreamologist. She's a speaker and an interfaith minister. Uh, she's a former president of the School of Metaphysics. She's also on the board of the International Association for the Study of Dreams. She's also a prolific author uh, of such titles as Intuitive Dreaming, Karmic Healing, The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization, and Dharma, Finding Your Soul's Purpose. You can find out more about her at laurelclark.com. I'll have links to her website, as well as other things that we discuss in the show notes and description of this recording. So pull up a chair and enjoy. <laughs> well, thank you for being with us here today. For those of you who do not know Bob Baker, he and I are both in St. Louis, Missouri. However, he has a following all over the world. And I met Bob a number of years ago. He is an author, a musician. He does comedy improv, so his background here is when he does online comedy improv, but he's been doing that in St. Louis for years. He's a yeah. teacher. Uh, there are many, many other things that he does, and he has a book out that I don't know if you can, it's backwards on my screen, so hopefully it's... It's looking right for, for me, and I like all the post-it notes that you have in yes, there. Yes, as you can tell, I uh, bookmarked <laughs> a lot of pages. I'm not one for dog-earing books. So I like to use bookmarks. So welcome, Bob. And um, I'm wondering how you even got into doing affirmations um, from all of the other things that you do. Yeah, well, so there's two aspects, I guess, to my doing affirmations. One is how I've used them personally in my own life. And then there's the pu more public aspect of when I um, started publishing them are posting them uh, on YouTube, which started about five years ago, um, and then that, and because of that, and the success, the views that those types of recordings got, I, I was, 
I'm now I only exclusively do like yeah affirmations and guided meditations on my YouTube channel. It's just grown beyond my my wildest dreams. Um, you want me to talk about maybe the prior to that how I um, maybe how I've used them in my own life or sure <laughs> cool. So yeah, so you mentioned I've done a lot of done a lot of pretty cool things, and I know it's it is a little mind boggling the variety of things that I've done. Uh, and when I share those things. It's not to overwhelm people or you know think oh how does he do all that stuff I can never do it's really to, just to let people know what's possible you know and, and I've just always been pursuing my creative interests so I've done a lot of things in the arts over the years you know I played music I released several albums worth of original uh, material this this new book is actually my sixteenth book since the uh, since the nineties I'm trying not to have it fade in my background there <laughs> it magically disappears look at that I'm, I'm a, also a, a, a magician apparently. Um, or an illusionist. Um, so I, yeah, published many, many books. Uh, one of my books appeared in the movie The School of Rock for a few seconds, starring Jack Black back in the back in the day. Um, yeah, I've done imp- improv. I wrote a co-wrote a book with Laura Hall from Whose Line Is It Anyway? So I've done just many, many really cool things. So you would think that like right out of the gate, I was this ambitious kid who who uh, who you know was a class clown and was in all the school plays and all that, but that was not the case in grade school and high school. I was actually quite shy and socially awkward and really lacked confidence and a and sense sense of self worth was non existent. You know, I uh, got I wasn't good at sports, so I got picked on by all the boys in the in the in grade school, and um, which kind of forced me to do things that I had more control over, which led me to do things like writing and music and art and so on. Um, but it was actually the like a, a pivotal moment in my life. It was like around my junior year of high school, I was kind of going through a rough time, and a friend of mine uh, said, I can tell you're kind of going through a tough time because this, this is a book that's helped me, and maybe it'll help you too. And it was actually Wayne Dyer's first book called Your Erroneous Zones. Do you remember that? I do. <laughs> that, I read that it one? In the I mean, he, late seventies, I think. Yeah, or maybe mid seventies. Yeah, even that that very first book. Um, and he went on to be very prolific as an author. Sadly, passed away about five years ago. Um, but that first book, yeah, it was just more like pop psychology stuff, and it just opened my eyes to like I am not a victim of my thoughts. I, I was, you know, we we all live our lives on autopilot. Are so many of us thinking that? If you're having feelings of uh, doubt or worry or fear, that that's that there are things that are happening. I feel these things; they must be just part of who I am. And they become part of your identity. When that book opened my eyes to the fact that I actually can control my thoughts, I'm not my thoughts. I can I can choose a different way to think, and which will lead to a different way to feel, and so on. And kind of change my self identity. So that was the first, you know, of course. It wasn't like everything I lived happily ever after after that point, but it was the beginning. Uh, it was the, my first uh, eureka moment, and I was been and so it led to a personal development journey throughout my uh, life. And affirmations have been a big part of that. I remember, yeah, I used to. Uh, there was a time when I, when I read my first couple of books out, uh, maybe in the late '90s or sometime in in the '90s when I. Uh, maybe had to work day jobs, or I was just kind of scraping by doing uh, my own freelance stuff. Um, and I said aff- affirmations that I'm going to be making a living as an author or doing th- these various things. And I had dollar amounts that I would say. Um, and it took a while, but I got, I, I reached those goals and went beyond them. And then along the way, 
things I never even expected to happen came about. It's just me pursuing the things that I that I thought that I wanted in my in my life. So yeah, so they so I've been using them in various forms for many many years. So it wasn't really odd for me to uh, and I was actually seeking those out five five or six years ago on YouTube and not really ha- being happy with what I found. <laughs> Because I don't know about you, Laurel, but I'm very picky about like the voice that I listen to, like with guided meditations. Like, you really gotta feel the person. They're soothing. Like, if if I'm distracted by either the voice, something I don't <laughs> don't like about it, or the background music is too busy or too loud, I can't really, you know, what what do you call it? Uh, surrender myself to the process. And so, after being disappointed with a lot of what I was finding, I said, I think I could create something that I'm looking for, but I can't find. And that's when I started posting them on YouTube. Yeah, so that's kind of a little bit of a story there. <laughs> so let me ask this question for viewers or listeners who have heard the word affirmation, but they don't really know what it is. What is an affirmation? It's yeah, that's that, and and that's. I'm glad that you're asked you're asking that question because like one of my purposes is is to make this accessible to a lot of people because there's different, yeah, people maybe even don't know what they are or they already have a notion of what it is for. So basically affirmations and positive self-talk, they're statements that you say to yourself, either in your mind or out loud that affirm uh, uh, like uh, a state of being or something that you want, a goal that you want to reach. um, And you're just reminding of yourself you're, you're you're like implanting that in your mind so that it becomes part of what I like to call your filter through which you view the world. Um, so they, they come in all different forms. They're quite often, they begin with I am. Uh, they're often stated in the present tense. All those, there's different ways of doing these things. Um, and the people that are a little bit older might remember, uh, well, Senator Al Franken, before he was a politician, he was a, a, a comedic actor and a member, a uh, cast member on Saturday Night Live. And he had this character named Stuart Smalley that would uh, say this, have this phrase where he goes, he'd look in the mirror and he'd say, uh, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. And I remember laughing at that character back then. And, um, and so a lot, he, even though it was funny, he didn't really do a great service to, to, the, to, to affirmations because he was kind of poking fun at it and the people that, that, do, that say them. Um, so when I initially started saying them to myself or writing them, uh, I felt silly. I said, no, nah, this is like, you know, this is hokey. You know, what am I doing here? Um, but I stuck with it and started seeing the benefits. And I've heard this feedback from other people, too. Like, at first you go, really? I'm going to be saying these things to myself? Um, but they start to influence your perspective. Um, I use the example uh, – other people have used this type of example, but in the in the book I talk about. Um, I still drive a car, this car called the Honda Element. I've had it for many years. It's a very specific make and model. It's like a box shaped car. And prior to owning one, I never even thought about Honda Elements. I don't think I even knew the name of that car, you know. And and so it was never something I thought about. Once I owned one and was driving it on a daily basis, I started seeing them everywhere. Now, why is that? It's not because they suddenly appeared when I started driving one. They were there the whole time, but I just didn't notice them. So basically, the way that affirmations work is that we, our brains can't possibly uh, receive and notice all the stimulus that's all around us. So our brain has a filter that is developed whether we know it or not. 
uh, and it's developed through our experiences and the, and the things we tell ourselves and things that other people say to us, and, and it's just accumulation of things over the years. It's this filter through which we see the world. Um, and so uh, I had developed, by having that car, this Honda element was now part of my filter because I experienced it on a, on a regular basis. So I started seeing them. So I contend, and I know, that it, it just doesn't work with makes and models of cars or shapes. It works with your attitudes, with your beliefs, with your, are you more, are you looking for, op, for, for opportunities or are you looking for reasons to be offended? You know, so it affects all, so affirmations are doing that, basically creating a Honda element in your mind um, <clears throat> of the things that you want, how you want to experience life. And you can be intentional about that and actually create the thoughts, the feelings, start noticing the things that are going to serve you and allow you to live a happier, more fulfilling life when you, when you make it a daily, especially when you make it a daily or regular practice. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I actually have a question. I, I want to ask a little bit later about the daily practice, but I want to ask about that um, Stuart Smalley uh, joke where yeah. he ended with saying, doggone it, people like me. Yeah. You write in your book about how affirmations need to be about you and not about other people. So can you say more about that? Because yeah. we don't really have any control over whether people like us or not. Yes, because I see, because, uh, you know, well, now that I've been five years pretty deeply immersed in affirmations and I do a lot of, you know, done a lot of research on just different ways of approaching them and what people are asking about and what other YouTubers and podcasters or how they're approaching it. But there are, um, yeah, there are people that like do affirmations or want to do affirmations on how to like attract a specific person or how, or, or I want, uh, I really want my husband or my son or whatever to do, to, uh, to do this or that. Um, and it's really, it is, yeah, you can't really do affirmations. At least I don't, I don't recommend it, uh, for other people's behavior or feelings. Um, so you, you always have to, uh, pose them in how you show up, like what's your role in that. And so I think I used the example in the, in the book about like, if, if, a, if a parent was concerned about a child and they weren't doing well in school, you weren't saying Jimmy's doing well in school. You go, what's your role in that? I create a supportive environment for Jimmy. I see him flourishing. So it's, it's like your, your, your affirmations should always be pointed toward your way you're thinking, your behavior, and how you can support that person. As far as it's really tough to like when it comes to love affirmations, yeah, I would not do them at a specific person because there may be somebody better out there that you will, by focusing on a specific person who's maybe not responding to you, you're ignoring other opportunities. But you say, I, that you focus on yourself and say, I deserve a loving, caring partner. I, I am worthy of love. You keep it more generic. And if it is that person, great. Uh, but it could be somebody else and somebody better. So yeah, always keep it focused on yourself because you cannot control other people's behaviors or how they feel. Um, so all you can do is, is yeah, focus on how you show up in those situations. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Yeah, that's great. The way that I do that is not even focusing on the partner and what I want in the partner, but the qualities in me that are desirous of true and genuine expression. And so I used to think of it as being inside out, like how I am on the inside, I can completely be that outwardly Mm -hmm. in this relationship. And so whoever is a match for that is whoever is a match for that, instead of saying, I want a person who has this quality and that quality and that quality. So um, that's what I've found works for me in that situation. And I like, uh, I don't know if I address this specifically in the book. I know I have another videos and stuff, but quite often anything we want, whether it's a person or uh, a goal or some status in life, or we want to publish a book or whatever, or if we want to earn enough money to purchase something, a new car, a house, um, the thing we really want, like we think we want the thing or the person, but we're really wanting the feeling that we anticipate that thing is going to give us in the having of it (laughs) or the... Um, possession of it in the case of things, not, not a person, of course. Um, but it's so if you can if you can identify the feeling that you're wanting be, as a result of pursuing that thing. What's what's the real feeling that you want to ultimately achieve? You can actually feel that right now. You know, so if you feel like you're worthy of love and that you're loving and that you're loved um, without a uh, maybe an actual partner in your life, I think it does open you up to be more receptive to someone. Um, or when you're when you're feeling abundant, when you're when maybe there's not a lot of money in your bank a- account, it's a lot better position to attract more money and look for opportunities than when you're desperate and oh my god, all is lost. You know that, and you're just so closed closed up that it's hard to to act and to pursue those things. Uh, it's tough when it's from a sense of desperation, but if you can somehow make yourself feel abundant. Just there's an abundance of air, there's an abundance of ideas, there's an abundance of compliments and maybe friends or whatever. You know, count your blessings. Then you're more open, I think, to pursue those things that you want. <laughs> That's a really good point, and I actually have a question about that because I have known people who struggle with money, and they'll say affirmations like "I deserve all the wealth in the world" or "I'm abundant" and they don't really believe it though. And so how do you recommend that somebody go from uh, really not believing and sometimes not even believing it's possible where when they say the affirmation, it's kind of like a cover up or a pretense. There's something that is now called imposter syndrome. Yeah. So what do you recommend for that? Where it, yeah, it would be great if you could feel it, but if the person is not really feeling it, how to bridge that to be able to create the state of mind or feeling or uh, consciousness that will cause the change. So I think there's two ways that you could approach it. You could either combine them or do one first and then the other 
second. Um, so basically, yeah, if let's then let's and, and staying with the topic of money is actually a great example for for this. So it is true if you have ten dollars in your bank account and you know behind on rent and all that stuff, and you say. I am abundant, or especially if you say things like, I am a millionaire, money is flowing into my life, your brain's going to be going, no, it's not, that's a bunch of BS, you know, and so it could certainly, uh, it actually makes a lot of people actually feel at least temporarily worse <laughs> about it. So what I recommend is that you state or seek out or whatever, uh, or write out uh, affirmations that ring true for where you are right now. So a great example with abundance, instead of saying uh, money is flowing into my life or my, you know, I'm a, I'm a millionaire, which was really, yeah, not be authentic as far as the moment goes. Saying I am ready for a new relationship with money. That's true, right? That's that. I think you could state authentically uh, without your brain. Doing too, or how about uh, I am open and receptive for new ways of money, of new ways of money flowing into my life. You are open, right? You're re- receptive, so hopefully those ring true. So soften them, or make them uh, positive with a positive slant uh, of where you currently are, and don't and, and avoid like negative, like it's like I'm sick and tired of being. <laughs> Being in debt would not be a good affirmation because it's focusing on you being sick and tired and being in debt. So just phrase it in a way that's focused on, I'm open to new opportunities. Um, I'm eager to discover uh, a, a new, you know, our money comes to me in expected and unexpected ways. It's another kind of fun affirmation because this is leaving it open to, to, poss- to possibilities instead of having tunnel vision. So that's one aspect is to make them feel or reward them to their, so that they're authentic for where you are now. However, there's something to be said for the fake it till you make it approach too. Um, I just did an interview with a friend of mine. His name is Anthony and he, he, uh, he's a, he, he first, we first became friends because he was a, he's, is a musician and he discovered me or first became aware of me years ago through my music marketing books, which I used to, I was still uh, involved in that, but I published many of them early in my career. And, um, but he followed me through this whole transition to at, to aff- affirmations. And he has this lawn care business. He started lawn, you know, mowing lawns just as a solo guy to make ex- extra money. And then people started asking him to do landscaping and he built, so he built this company and he really went into the all in on the affirmations and visualization. And he said he would, he would, he, he actually just grossed, his company grossed over a million dollars in 2020. And I just oh. interviewed him recently, and it was double what he did the previous year. And he, so he did it during a, the pandemic. But he was talking about his process, and he would, two or three times a day, he would set these goals. Say, the company now makes a million. He goes, and a lot of times he was saying it going, this is crazy. I, I don't know how we're going to get there. But he kept saying them, even though his mind was kind of like, I was like not be- believing it. So there's an example of somebody who just resisted that that negative thing. Just kept saying it, kept pushing forward, and it helped him see opportunities because he eventually started. Well, I don't know if he even if he didn't believe it every time, it helped him f- look for opportunities and get there. And so, so you can take either approach: the fake it till you make it, uh, if um, or if it's really causing a lot of resistance in your mind just word them in ways that are authentic for where you are now (laughs) you know along those lines i've heard people say that affirmations should always be in the present tense rather than the future what do you think about that um generally yes Uh, i yeah i am abundant i am um yes um there is uh 
there's a there's a quote. Well, yeah, there's a quote by uh, that was, I've heard originally from uh, Michael Beckwith, who uh, is part of the Agape International Spiritual Center out in L.A. and written a number of books, been on Oprah and all this stuff. But he has a line that was used and actually in a song that he created where it's uh, and I and I've shared it on YouTube and a lot of people don't like this because the the, the statement is something wonderful is always on the verge of happening. So a lot of people don't like that because um, that they think, oh, you're just just out of reach, and you're reinforcing not the not having of it. But but really, it all depends, I guess, on what your intention is or how you feel about it when you state a certain affirmation. To me, I think of that more like a kid on Christmas morning, you know, where you get up and you 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 have no idea. There's the there's pres- rat presents all under the tree. You're so excited, you have no idea what they are. You're not experiencing them yet. <laughs> But you're on the verge of this discovery, and and I love that kind of state of mind. So to me, it's exciting. Something is on the something surprising is going to happen today. I'm just I can't wait for it to happen. Another thing, and this is more by me about goal setting in particular, is that um, people say when you visualize your goals that you should uh, think of them as already having taken place. Um, and I think that I I think there's a lot of value. In that, however, some people can get like I remember <laughs> I was at a Jack Canfield workshop many years ago, and this woman st- stood up and was talking about this as it related to her health. And she goes, "In my mind, I see myself as a rail thin supermodel. So these days, I eat whatever I want because I figured <laughs> I'm already in great shape in my mind." And everybody laughed, but it brought up a good point that uh, I also recommend that you visualize and affirm the process of getting there. And so, like, if you want to publish a book, if that's one of your goals, you should affirm, I am a successfully published author. You can see yourself at a book signing with people lining up. But also, uh, visualize yourself sitting down and writing every day and enjoying the process and the words just flowing, you know. So, um, I think there's a lot of value in affirming the act, the behavior you're going to have to enact to reach that goal in addition to seeing, seeing it from the end in the present tense.